Welcome in, my friends. I'm so glad to have you back listening to another episode of the Living in Hope podcast. I'm your host, Josie, and I have an incredible story to share with you today. I got the chance to sit down with my good friend, Brenda Walla, and she uh, has been a friend for a really long time. I've been blessed to to know her and walk uh, alongside of her here in our church family. And uh, she is one of the people in my life that have one of those stories that is, it's almost hard to believe. It's so amazing. It's just packed full of miracles and the journey that she will share with you is amazing. So let's get right to it. Enjoy my friends. Well, Brenda, I'm so excited to be sitting here with you. This is a long time in the coming. We've been friends for a long time. Yep. And I have not known anybody more radically changed than you. And though I didn't know you before you were redeemed by Jesus. Lucky you. (laughs) Yeah. But I've heard enough of your story to just be in awe of God and what he has done and amazingly is currently doing in your life and in your situation. So thank you so much for joining Mm, us here. My privilege. Yeah. So we're just going to jump right in. Brenda, you have such a story to tell and it's not short. No. And, but these, (laughs) the listeners I'm telling you guys, you will not be sorry. This is a story that will impact your life Mm. and uh, it has to be told. So (laughs) And you've told it before on other platforms, and I've been a witness to some of those. So thanks for doing it here for us. Let's jump right in, Brenda. Tell us about you and your life. Oh, well, first of all, I just want to say it's only by the grace of God that I'm sitting here right now. Um, God has brought me through so many things in my life, even when I didn't acknowledge him. He was, was just there pulling me towards him every step of the way. And, and the cool thing is that he uses all my experiences to, to help others, to witness to others that, yes, it can be done. It can be done. I guess my first, um, first trauma, (laughs) I don't even know how many there are, but we'll call this the first. Um, I was molested as a child by my dad. Um, he had me involved in child prostitution I actually saw a picture of myself squatting with no clothes on on the beach as like I was probably like two years old or something. Um, But, you know, I blocked that out. I blocked the whole thing out for many, many years. Um, And part of the way I did that was through drugs and alcohol. I probably got drunk the first time when I was, I don't know, maybe 10. Um, I did heroin for the first time around around that time, I was I was um, pretty much strung out on heroin by the time I was twelve or thirteen years wow. old. Wow. Yeah, I had older cousins that were not a good influence on me, but I used that to hide the pain that I was experiencing from that trauma. Um, I ended up pregnant when I was fourteen, and it wasn't le- abortion wasn't legal then. I found a quack doctor who was willing to help me give myself an abortion. And I did that um, alone in my bedroom. Um, 
And that's one of the, the big things that I've had to ask. Well, there's a lot of big things. I've had to ask God for forgiveness over. And he's forgiven me. Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and that, it's just so weird. I had so much of that blocked out. That I didn't remember till I was working with a counselor and we were doing ink blots. And every, every ink blot she showed me was like a uterus. It was wow. so strange. And that triggered my memory. Um, I got sober when I was, finally, when I was 32. I didn't really know how old I was. I thought I was 33, but I was really 32. But I always say I got sober on accident. Um, my, I was married before, and I was in such, such a deadbeat alcoholic, my ex-husband took our two boys, and moved to Western Washington. I was living in Eastern Washington, drinking myself to death. And one night, well, I had this thing. I was living with an abusive man. And he would get, well, we'd get drunk together and then beat each other up. It was like, you know, what do you want to do tonight? I don't know. Let's get drunk and beat each other up. <laughs> what else would we do? Um, and I had, but I had a friend I would call and he, he lived, I was living with him. He lived in the woods. I had a friend I would call and say, Oh, he beat me up again. Come get me please. And she'd come get me. Well, the last time she said, no, not going to do it. I'm not doing this anymore. So I didn't know what to do. I wandered out into the woods on a logging road, um, and just slid down against a tree and I was just crying and all of a sudden, she was there with her husband. Another, another situation where God just divinely stepped in, because this was on a deserted logging road. There's no way they should have been able to know where I was. Um, but and that, they found you there? They found me, took me home. While I was blacked out, they made arrangements to send me to some friends on this side of the mountains, on west of the mountains. And um, I thought my... I didn't think I had an alcohol problem, actually. Mm -hmm. But I was afraid the people that picked me up, mutual friends of ours, picked me up at the bus station. I was afraid they would think I had a problem. So I thought, ah, I'll have them take me to an AA meeting, and then they'll, they'll see that I don't have a problem. <laughs> well, it kind of backfired. Because I went there, and I can't even tell you to this day what I heard. But something that I heard let me know that I was done. I had a six-pack of beer at home. I drank a beer a day for the first three days. On the fourth day, I drank the remaining three beers, and that's the last time. So I went to that meeting on January 16th, 1987, and January 20th is my sobriety birthday. Wow. And this year, I celebrated 35 years. 35 years oh, clean and sober. Congratulations. Yeah. Pretty, well done. It's amazing when I think back. Yeah. When I think back on it, it's like, it's like remembering a different person. Yeah. Because I'm so, because of what God's done in my life, I've been relieved of so many um, self-destructive behaviors. I was uh, a practicing bulimic, anorexic. Um, when I, when I first got sober, that was, I still was trying to find things to hide that pain of the incest. And finally, I couldn't deny it anymore. 
I was two years sober at the time. I didn't want to drink again, but I couldn't stand living with those memories. And I got in my car, and I was going to go head on into a semi-truck on Highway 18. There was always logging trucks there. And I drove for a good 10, 15 miles one way, and again on the way back, no trucks. Not a one. Again. (laughs) God intervening. Totally. Yeah. So I ended up in a psychiatric hospital that night. And I because I went to an AA meeting, and at the AA meeting, somebody said, You need to go get help. Because <laughs> I was a wreck. Um, and you know, I woke up there and it's like my dad had always told me I was crazy. Always. And I woke up there rocking on the bed and with my knees drawn up to my chest, thinking, hmm. This must be what crazy's like, and I must be crazy because I'm here, and it's okay. (laughs) Wow, yeah. It was really, that was a big, big turning point for me, and I learned how to deal with the memories and the emotions that came with it. Um, it It was huge. Had you, you mentioned before that you had meth addiction as well. Or were you just, you just had used meth? I've used meth, but I never was addicted so to you it. So heroin. Have to go through. Oh, heroin. Heroin was heroin. my big deal. Yeah. And so was that at the same time? Um, it's all kind of intermingled. I, I was sober when I ended up in the hospital. But, you know, they used to say at AA meetings, um, don't, <laughs> if you're thinking about killing yourself, don't do it before you've had five years sobriety because you'll be killing a stranger. And it's so true. It takes that long to detox and to know who you are, sure. you know. And and I, I didn't grow up. My experience with God growing up was my dad would molest me, and then he'd read the Bible to me. So I had really no desire. I, I had such a horrible father on earth, I didn't need another father, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was the beginning of my journey towards Jesus, you know, what's amazing. What amazes me is that he was with me all along, Mm. but I wouldn't acknowledge him. In fact, when I was eight years old, I had a Christophany and I was, I sat up in bed, something woke me up and I sat up in bed and I was looking and there was this just little pinpoint of brilliant light um, on one of my wall- bedroom walls, it was like somebody put a nail hole in and it was really bright sunshine mm-hmm. out and it was shining through. And as I watched, my room filled with the most glorious warm light and hands came out through that light and said to me, well, this is the funny part, said to me, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. I thought he said light. Oh. So... Anyway. And this was, how old were you? Eight. Wow. I got up and told, the, the abuse stopped after that. Oh, wow. But I got up and told my parents about it. They're like, oh, you were just dreaming, blah, 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 you know. So I thought, well, I guess I was. Um, fast forward many years later, when I was clean and sober, Perny and I were friends long before we started dating. Um, long before we got married, like probably 10 years. Perny is your current husband. Yeah, yes. yeah, my current husband. Yes. Um, we were sitting around after an AA meeting one time drinking coffee with a friend and telling, talking about spiritual things. And I told that about I'm the way, the truth, and the light. And Perny says, life. It's I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm like, 
<laughs> you, you weren't there. He's trying to correct the vision that you had. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And so he told me what the what the scripture address was, and I went home, and who knows why I had a Bible, um, and well, looked so it when up. you and Perny were at that point in your lives, were you believers yet? Well, I wasn't. I didn't learn till I came to Christ that Perny had grown up in the church, okay. but had walked away. Okay. Yeah. So he knew. He knew the, he the knew. correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he knew enough to correct you. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't cop to anything at the time. <laughs> he acted like he didn't know anything about it except that scripture address. <laughs> but you know, when I, um, when I did come to Christ, well, we were going to unity church. Perny calls it the church of the great and open nothingness. Oh, <laughs> he says, well said. Perny. And their, their motto, he says, is we don't believe anything and you can't make us. Oh my <laughs> well, that's where we got married. Okay. And All right. it was a great stepping stone for me because it was a lot of 12 step people there. Okay. Um, and so I felt kind of comfortable, but I wasn't I was getting to be not very comfortable with what they were talking about. And um, Perny spent most Sunday mornings arguing with the pastor there, um, trying to set him straight on theology. And I still didn't have a clue that he knew Jesus. Well, when we bought, we live right across the street from the church. And when we bought that little house, um, Pastor Russ, bless him, bless him. From Camano Chapel. Yes. (laughs) He was so persistent. Left little notes on our door and welcome to the neighborhood and hey, let me know what I can do to help. And eventually he was so persistent that I came to Christ through him. That is so cool. I know. I I just For those listening who don't know who Pastor Russ is, he was with us for years and years and just a dear man. And he's they live uh, down in Oregon now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just such a godly man. Mm-hmm. We're so blessed to have him as a pastor here. Yep. Wow. So once I came to Christ, I started thinking, you know, Perny must know something about this because <laughs> I'm tuning into some things he said along the way. So I went home and I asked him, I said, were you ever going to tell me about Jesus? Wow. <laughs> he says, he tells me, that's the most convicted I've ever felt in my life. Wow. So, yeah. So he came back to the church and I joined the church. And So Russ invites you. Mm-hmm. You guys at the time are going to that other church or just No, stopped? we were church shopping. Okay. But this was the last church we came to in the Stanwood, Camino Island area because Perny had some stuff about the people at his previous church, which he left in a drunken state. That's his story to tell, so I won't go into that. But he didn't want to come here because he knew there was people here from his old church, and he was afraid he'd be judged. And you know what? He wasn't. No. He wasn't. He was welcomed with open arms. Yeah. So, yeah. So how long ago was that when you started coming here? Well, the first Sunday that we came was Pastor Chris's first Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So however long that was. Yeah. Like about 25 years. Yeah. 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 Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I was here when you came. So mm-hmm. I've gotten, yeah. I've gotten to know you and Purdy through the years and just love you guys so much. I know you were just like a kid. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. Not quite. <laughs> well, <laughs> but thank you for saying, compared to now, yeah, yes, that yeah, is yeah. very, very true. <laughs> 
All right. Well, let's let's back up a little bit here. You've told us a little bit about your uh, a little bit about your story mm-hmm. um, and how God has healed you mm-hmm. and broken the bond the the bonds bondage of addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what I want the listeners to hear also is how God has saved your life more than once. Oh. Tell us a couple stories about that. <laughs> I mean, we heard one about well, no trucks on yeah, the road. Yeah, no trucks on the road. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh, there's so many. <laughs> um, well, even when I was back doing drugs, I was shooting up cocaine for a while. Um, and I had, I don't know why I didn't die. I OD'd. Um, and without any human intervention, I came out of it. Um that wasn't enough to stop me from using, though. I kept on, but different situations like that. But probably the biggest things are my my health. Um, I got to say, my husband is a saint. He is an absolute saint. He loves me so much and has taken such good care of me over the years. You know, I don't think he signed up for... Please, God, please bring me a sickly woman. Uh. <laughs> He is is a good man. Yes, he is. But 18 18 years ago, I discovered I had hepatitis C from, I mean, I did everything you could possibly do to get it. I had a tattoo. I used drugs. I was promiscuous. There is no reason why I shouldn't have had it. Um, I I did chemo off and on for four years. And it was getting worse. It wasn't getting any better. I was even seeing a, a, a specialist in Detroit trying to treat me, and it just kept getting worse. And I finally told, well, I was told that if I didn't get a liver transplant, I would die. And I told my husband, I said, you know, I'm okay with going home to Jesus. I really am. Um, it, I don't want to do any more chemo. I'm done. I'm done treating this. And so we planned our last big hurrah, uh, one final vacation to visit some friends in Arizona. And I had planned out the trip so that every other day I could sleep for most of the day because I was so tired, so darn tired. Um, The other thing that, back up a little bit, the other thing that was really struck me as odd was that I ended up having to give myself shots three times a week. <laughs> it's like, okay, God, this is really funny. <laughs> you knew how to handle a needle. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> God never wastes anything, you know? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he really doesn't. So anyway, I, I planned all these activities, and on the flight home, I realized, gosh, we've done something almost every day. And I turned to Perny and I said, I believe I've been divinely, spontaneously healed. And he's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> it, was, it was too much for him to absorb at the moment. It took like two weeks, and I found him sobbing in the backyard one day. And I was like, what's the matter? And he goes, you've been healed. Oh. I said, yeah, I have. So that was 18 years ago. I've got um, goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> um, last year... Oh, and in between then and what I'm going to tell you next, I've had lots of broken bones. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very active. I'm just not all that athletic. So <laughs> you, you are a little spitfire, I must yeah. say. <laughs> so 
<laughs> Nothing slows you down. Not much, not much. So last, almost a year ago now, um, in fact, it was a year ago, I was diagnosed with um, pancreatic cancer. I was having some a hard time. Um, I thought it might be acid reflux or something, but it kept, I mean, I got to the point where I couldn't even hold down water. And so I went to a, a gastroenterologist and he's like, well, take these tests and make an appointment for two weeks. And this was up at Skagit. We were already at the hospital. I told Perny, I, I, I can't go two weeks feeling like this and not knowing what's going on. And so they ran some tests and figured out I had a, a tumor on my pancreas. So that was weird. Oh, I forgot I had a brain tumor in between there, too. Say, there was another one. It was back up a little I know. before that. That's right. That was 10 I years ago. I healed you of a brain tumor. Yeah. Miraculously. Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so now those, those little things, you know, a little brain tumor, a little tumor on my pancreas. Yeah, nothing in your life is little. No, there's no, a pattern here. It's not. Okay. In fact, one of the times I broke, I've broken one ankle twice and the other one once. And the second time I broke the one ankle, Perny was standing there when the doctor told me it was broken. And he's just shaking his head like, oh my gosh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Of course it's broken. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so you you have been miraculously healed of hepatitis C. Mm-hmm. You've been miraculously healed of a brain tumor. I remember when you walked through that. Mm-hmm. You were really sick. Yeah. It, was, it was, like, not good. Yeah, I went to the hospital by ambulance one time during church. Yes, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that's been healed. Mm-hmm. And so now the newest journey is you have pancreatic cancer. Well, I don't think, I don't claim that I do. They say you do. They, they, they even, they told you it was terminal. They told me I would be dead about three months ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all came and prayed over you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you didn't look very good. No. And, and I've seen you now, the la- I haven't seen you much since then, a couple mm-hmm. times. And when I've seen you, you didn't look very good. And I, I'm telling you, listeners, I'm sitting across from a very radiant, very alive, very healthy looking Brenda. So, man, God just sustains you. I know. It's really incredible. I did have, I had surgery um, where they just replumbed my entire insides, cut, took part of my pancreas, part of my stomach, Part of my small intestine, my gallbladder, and my duodenum, whatever that is. But I <laughs> well, like that word a, a lot. <laughs> I haven't heard about that. Say that one more time. Duodenum. Oh, very good. Isn't that a great word? Mm-hmm. It reminds me of, um, oh, no, I can't think of it. <laughs> Diet. There's a song that has, oh, never mind. I'll think of it when I'm in the shower tonight, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll call, call Josie me. and Text let her know. <laughs> oh, my God. Just so you know, that happens to all of us, the not remembering what we were just talking about. But most people don't admit it. Yeah, yeah. I love your honesty. So yeah, major surgery, and um, that was really tough. I was in the hospital for a total of five weeks. I was supposed to be there too. Um, you know, I don't remember a lot of it. I had a, an absolute psychotic break when I was there because I was given a combination of drugs that don't work well together. And I was 
<clears throat> Bernie said I was talking to people in the wall. I thought I had dead puppies on my bed, and I was trying to love them awake. Mm-hmm. They were blue, and I was like thinking, if I just love on them enough, they'll wake up. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> shoving nurses around—that was—I do remember oh, that. This <laughs> your feistiness came out. Yeah, I wanted to go to the bathroom, and they didn't want to let me, and so I oh. shoved one nurse out into the wall and shoved another one over the bed. It's like, I'm going to the bathroom. (laughs) So they (laughs) don't mess with Brenda. No. (laughs) And everybody in the hospital knew about it. There were some of them. They'd come in and look at me like, Oh, (laughs) well, they take one look at you and think, well, she's just a petite little thing. What's the problem? (laughs) Yeah. So, but Bernie really, he didn't think he was going to get me back from that. It was really weird. Um, so I came home from the hospital after three weeks and then I still couldn't eat. I still couldn't eat at all. And I, I was so sure I was going to die that night. I asked my husband, I said, will you please come check on me every few minutes? I mean, I was spending most of my time in bed. I said, will you come check on me every few minutes? Cause I'm not sure I'm going to make it till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I went back to the hospital for another two weeks. I came home on uh, liquid nutrition. It's TPN is what it's called. It's a, put a pick line in my arm and threaded a tube through my veins into my heart or alongside my heart. That's how I was being fed. And I also was then again another <laughs> ridiculous thing, having to give myself shots again, insulin this time. Um, but you know, I came, oh, it's so exciting. I can't, I, <laughs> like, love it. Yes. I know I get excited talking about it because it's so incredible yes. what God does, yes. what he does. Um, one of the, I eventually started being able to eat again. One of the battles, which again is humorous is I struggled to keep my weight above 120. Mm. Um, I've lost a third of my body weight. Mm. And I, so I eat all the time, all the time. I, sometimes I get up in the middle of the night and eat. (laughs) Yeah. And your body's able to keep it down. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's just weird after being anorexic and bulimic and now I'm having, (laughs) now you have to eat (laughs) No, I have to eat and keep it. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But again, here's God at work. I'm, I'm actually on hospice right now which kind of sounds crazy. Yeah. It's, (laughs) they told me hospice. I'm like, I'm not ready for that. But then they explained it to me. It's really quite cool. I have a nurse that comes and sees me every Tuesday, most Tuesdays. Um, Oh, she's probably calling me now. No, (laughs) she calls. No, (laughs) I have a nurse that comes in on Tuesdays and sees me, monitors my vitals, Mostly we just sit around and laugh and tell jokes to each other because I'm not sick. (laughs) And um, I have a social worker at my, that's at my beck and call. I haven't needed to use her, but she's um, interesting because she's trained in post-traumatic stress disorder, which in our home, there's three of us and we all three have PTSD. Yes. All for different reasons. Yes. Um, So that's nice to have. I have... um, a spiritual counselor. Um, I 
I imagine she drives around with a bumper sticker on her car that says coexist. Yes. Uh, so you're actually witnessing to the spiritual I did. Yeah, counselor. The yeah. first time I talked to her, I ended up giving her my testimony. That's and, so awesome. And she's going, wow, wow, that's, that's a miracle. I said, yeah, it is. Yes. <laughs> so, that's so fantastic. I know. But one of the better parts is I get a massage every two weeks in my home. Oh, they come to you? Yes. What? I don't well, have to go. This is a great benefit I know. to being on hospice. I know. It I is. mean, if you've got to go there. <laughs> oh, I, my goodness. I always have to laugh because every Thursday I get a call to make sure all my needs are being met. The call. Do you need a hospital bed yet? No, <laughs> no, I'm good. I, um, you know, it's just incredible. Yeah. So God, God is amazing, and he I is. do have to give a shout out to the hospice providers in our area. We have experienced it for a family member, and they're wonderful. Yeah. And that the services they provide, they do it so lovingly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, big shout out to them. We yeah. we laugh and jest, but we really are grateful for yeah. them. Oh, we yeah. laugh because of God's miraculous healing yeah. of you and your uh-huh. lack of need, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They have been incredible. Um, I I probably talk to him every day. One of them calls me that's, just every day fantastic. to check in. My, what a testimony you are to them. <laughs> my, my massage therapist called me. We recently got back from Texas. My massage therapist thought I was, she forgot I was gone. <laughs> she called oh. to see if I was up for a massage. Yes, I am actually, but you'd have to come to Texas. <laughs> well, you're traveling. Yeah. Oh. Well, good. Yeah. So, I mean, that, two things with that. Last year, Pernie's sister and her husband, they live in North Dakota. They go to Voice of the Martyrs in Oklahoma every winter and volunteer for two weeks. And it's not far from where Perny's son and our grandkids live. So we met up with them this time, but we were supposed to do it a year ago. Well, then I got sick. Yeah. And so we couldn't do it. But we met up with them. The woman wouldn't give us our money back for the Airbnb we had, but she said, but I'll bank it for you. And it was really a nice place. And so we stayed there with them for five days. And then we moved to a little town called Van Alstine, um, where Perny's son has a hobby farm. And it's so cool. It's out in the middle of nowhere. And it's just great. It's just great. So we got to visit with them for a couple of weeks, too. And then we came home. So. Oh, so good. Yeah. And that was down in Texas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So... I mean, God just, it's amazing to me. He just makes the impossible possible. Yeah. You know, it's like, I shouldn't even be sitting here more times than not. I shouldn't be sitting here, you know? No, you shouldn't. I've OD'd on drugs. I've blacked out on alcohol and been in unsafe situations. Um, Just my illnesses, my broken bones, (laughs) my tumors. (laughs) It's like... God's so, so good. We so often think about things scientifically. Yeah. We're we're very much humans like scientific proof of things. Mm-hmm. We like to uh, be very logical in our thinking and and so when you have experiences like yours that defy all logic, mm-hmm. defy all human understanding, there is no other explanation yeah. than God intervening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I often think that I will, excuse me, I'll be here on this earth until I've fulfilled my purpose, whatever it is that God has purposed for me. 
And I think he has a purpose for each one of us that come to him and call him our Lord. And when I didn't die from the hepatitis, I think it was because God knew that our granddaughter, Ava, was going to come live with us. And she was seven years old when she came to live with us, and she's 16 now. And she's a teenager, and other times I wonder if God kept me here for her to torture me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ava, we love you. Ava's a wonderful part of our church family. Yeah, she is. I love her to pieces. She's a firecracker. I love her. I'm so glad that she is such a part of our lives. Yeah. I can't even imagine how it would be without yeah. without her. And now the older she gets, the more she's becoming like a roommate instead of a mm-hmm. a, a kid to look after. You know, yeah. she's self-sufficient and she loves the Lord. And I'm so glad. I mean, it's great. It's just great. So now I don't know. Um, Ava has petitioned God to keep me alive at least till she graduates from college. Mm. So well, you're on a pretty good track here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a really good chance of that. I know. She heard me talking to God saying, gosh, I really at least hope I make it to Ava's high school graduation. And she's like, no, let's make that college. Oh, I love that. I love, too, how, I mean, talk about faith building within Ava. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. For her to experience, to watch you go through these things Mm -hmm. and to experience very tangible miracles right in front of her. I Mm -hmm. mean, we're getting to experience that. And it blows my mind. I can't imagine from her perspective. I, mm-hmm. I just love how God weaves all of that together. Yeah. I mean, her knowing a little bit of her story, which is a whole other story that we won't get into today, but God's goodness, mm-hmm. that, he would, that he would provide a way for her. That was a miracle in and of yep. itself yep. to be with you and Perny mm-hmm. at this phase of your life. Yeah. And then even for what that must do for you and Perny, the, mm-hmm. the redemptive value of now you're getting in your sober, redeemed, mm-hmm. remade lives yeah. to get to bring up yep. someone. So you having a second chance. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. I learned a lot the first time through. Yeah, <laughs> but those, sure those were boys. Yeah. <laughs> having a girl is totally different. Yeah. Totally different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but we just we just treasure her. You mentioned something to me earlier, and I it really... Um, it brings it full circle to me. Sometimes we look at a person like you that has just, you've had like a Job-like life in many ways. (laughs) God has allowed you to experience far more hardships than most people I know. Mm -hmm. Um, So oftentimes people ask, why would God allow bad things to happen like they did to you? And you are such a bright, shining example of someone who takes what was allowed to happen to you, what the enemy meant for harm and evil against mm-hmm. you, and you have allowed God to use it for good. Mm-hmm. And so tell me about the story about the little boy that you shared your testimony at camp, I think. I will. I don't remember his name, That's but okay. I, I was uh, asked to give my testimony at the junior high camp one year. I I think it was like three or four years ago. I don't remember. Um, and I was working at an elementary school at the time. And at, at recess, one of the little boys that was had been at survivor camp came up to me and asked me if I would pray for him and his situation with his family. Oh, I love that. And it was like, because I was willing to give my testimony, 
because my testimony is about God and he's so all powerful. Yes. So all powerful. Yeah. And I just was blessed that he that he was there and he heard that and he knew. He knew he yes. needed prayer. He knew that was what was gonna help. And I just I treasured that. In fact, he he asked me to pray for him right when the bell rang and and he was like, I really wanted you to pray for me. I said, That's okay, we can do it. I'll write you a note. You can be late back to class. <laughs> Let's go God right yeah. there in the middle of the public school yeah. system. I love it. Yeah. Well, when you shared that story with me, it, it triggered the, um, the memory of the verse in second Corinthians chapter one. I'm going to read it here. It's uh, verse three. Praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have have received from God. And I, that verse to me speaks right to what just happened in that moment. Mm -hmm. That your willingness, first of all, to be transparent, to be real and authentic, to tell your story like you're doing with us today, to not hide details that you're, yeah. you, you like you told me when we came in, I asked you, is there anything off limits? And you said, I'm an open book. <laughs> And I love that about you because yeah. then you literally share things that people hear. And then here's this little boy who in mm -hmm. his innocent youth, hears the stories of God's miracles, mm -hmm. recognize it, recognizes it as yeah. God, mm -hmm. wants you to pray for him. Yeah. And then you get to do that very thing that this passage says to comfort him mm -hmm. with the comfort you yourself have received. Yep. Um, that is so true. You know, God doesn't waste anything. Um, in fact, when I had my brain tumor, this is another interesting God intervention bit. Yeah. When I had my brain tumor, part of it was having vertigo. And I never knew when it was going to hit. It just would. And one day I had Ava in the car with me and I almost made it home. I was like a block from our house and I just started spinning out and I made it home. I got my car in the garage and just then my husband pulled up and, um, I told Ava, go get Bumpa, go get him, tell him I need him. So she skips out of the car and <laughs> says, Bumpa, Grammy needs you. <laughs> and he's like, I can hear him go, okay, well, let me put the mail in the house. And I gotta go to the bathroom. And I'm sitting in the car, just oh, like goodness. dying. <laughs> Finally, he comes out. But one Well, not the, really, because God I, doesn't seem to let you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, <laughs> but I was laying there thinking, you know, God doesn't waste anything. I drove drunk for so many years and I, it's a transferable skill. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was able to drive impaired. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, there's so many different little things like that, that I can uh, look back and say, wow, thanks God. That was a good save. <laughs> well, the beautiful thing, Brenda, is you have such a great sense of humor because I mean, we off air have already had wonderful laughs, <laughs> even little phrases and, and things that just yeah. don't phase you. And I appreciate so much that about mm. you, that, that you have a sense of humor. <laughs> and I think that has, that comes from the source of you knowing where your identity is mm -hmm. yeah. and with an unshakable faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, texting thing Pernie was having with his sister when I was having a time when I was 
this is after my final hospital stay when I wasn't feeling very good. And Perny freaks out. He thinks if I sneeze, I'm dying. You know, he's because <laughs> he loves yeah. me so yes, much. He's yeah. scared. And he texted his sister and told her, I'm scared. Brenda doesn't get scared. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I don't. Yeah. I don't get scared. But you know, something I want to touch back on something you were saying a few minutes ago. You know, I have been through so many horrible things. God has brought me through them. And he tried to get my attention for many, many years. And I just kept walking away, walking away. Um, And I look back now and I think, you know, those were dark times. That was evil stuff that was going on. But when I get to share it, my hope and my strength with somebody else, it's like God takes all that darkness puts it in a beautiful box, ties a big, beautiful bow on it, and it's a gift. You know, it gets to be a gift that I can give away, you know, a God gift. So beautiful. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Okay, Brenda, so we've heard your story, and we can see that you are living life, obviously, to the full. You, (laughs) you, you, uh, including just incredible joy in the Mm. midst of some really crummy circumstances, (laughs) and quite frankly the unknown of the immediate future. And you just, you help, you radiate joy in the midst of that. And, and, uh, I, I want to know, I want our listeners to hear from you. What is the secret sauce to having this attitude? What, what is the actual source of this amazing hope and strength you seem to have? Well, the short version would be, I trust that God's got this. He's got it. You know, I could fret and worry and be miserable for the rest of my life, not knowing what the outcome of this is going to be. Or I can just relax and know that God's got this. He always has. I've been in situations where um, I I just felt like I would never be okay again, like I was had entered into a blackness that was going to be with me forever. And God has taken every one of those situations and turned it around and turned it into a gift. And I'll I'll share with you scripture that God gave to me, well, it's been 18 years ago now, that he spoke to my heart um, after I'd been healed from hepatitis C. And it just, it amazes me still. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The Bible's on the phone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it takes a second to pull it back up. Okay. So this is 2 Corinthians 1, uh, verses 8 through 13, I think it is. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us, as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many." That just speaks so much to me. Um, at that time, I, I, I was told I was going to die. Um, obviously, I didn't. <laughs> Here I am. 
facing another medical adventure. Um, but over and over again, God has shown me through small things, through big things, through a lot of things that I don't even know about. Um, just every single day, I just have to keep look, keep my eyes on Jesus. When I get lost, that's what I tell myself. Just keep my eyes on Jesus. Keep my eyes on Jesus. Um, and I have to know that I'm here as a believer because God's got a purpose for me. And I yeah. may not know what it is, the sight of heaven. But I know, I, I know assuredly that that's true. And... So I'm just kind of, with that in mind, I kind of get up in the mornings and think about, wow, I wonder, I wonder if today's going to be the day that I get to fulfill my purpose. You know, it's kind of exciting wondering it's, what it's going to be. Um, but for now, I just live a day at a time. Um, you know, I can see how God was working in my life way back even before I was a believer. And, and I was thinking about that the other day, that how God, he's such a gentleman. He, he could easily make us love him. He could, he could force us to love him, but that's not what he wants. He wants us to love him because we want to, you know, and that's a beautiful thing, having a relationship with him like that. And this, the scripture that I, I read really reminded me of how important prayers are and how important it is for us to pray for each other um, because God hears our prayers. They don't always look like we think they should when they come back, but they're going to always be better. Yeah. We, we so often, we, we know what answer we want. Yeah. <laughs> so when yeah. we don't get the answer we want, uh-huh. we tend to think of that as him not answering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what else I thought was really interesting about that whole not dying thing back 18 years ago? (laughs) Back when I was supposed to be dead, um, I was frantically trying to do whatever I needed to do to heal myself. And I was doing massive amounts of chemotherapy to the point where I was bleeding internally from it. I was seeing a specialist in Detroit trying to help me get past it. And finally, I just told Perny, my husband, I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm just done with this. Um, I'm not getting better from the medications, and they're just making me miserable. So I'm okay with going home to Jesus. Mm. And um, it wasn't until I got to the end of myself that he stepped in and healed me. You know, and I have to always remember that. How many times do I try to charge ahead and take care of it and fix it and make it all right when all I really need to do is listen for God to tell me what it is I'm supposed to be doing <laughs> instead of instead of me doing what I think I should be doing because it's never um that's as so profound. Good as God. That's so yeah. profound. And okay, then I've got to ask you within within that way of thinking, what if Tell me your thoughts on this, because sometimes God doesn't physically heal us this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about that? Well, we're made perfect either way. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I, I'm going to either be perfect, perfectly healthy this side of heaven or once I get to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. If you could, if you listeners could see me smiling at her as she <laughs> smiles and says that, I want that attitude in my life. I, I want to be able to look at life that way. Mm. Because then yeah. that, that brings it back then to what you said. I just need to fulfill God's purpose in my mm-hmm. life today. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know, and sometimes I think I know what the purpose is and other times I realize I don't have a clue. <laughs> Can he still use us if we don't know what our purpose is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he can. It's like it's like Ava coming to live with us, mm. you know. He um, he orchestrated that whole thing. He, he knew I ha- couldn't die back 18 years ago because I had to raise Ava. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. He, he knew she was going to need a place to live and yeah. some, you know, stand-in parents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just an every little thing. Uh, an, an interesting thing happened before I believed. I didn't have custody of my kids. I lost custody of my kids because of my drinking and drugging. And my ex-husband decided to sue me for more child support. And I thought that was it. I mean, I was just getting back on my feet. I was like, maybe three or four years sober, life was just starting to turn around. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, this can't be happening. It seemed like so much darkness. It's like, oh no, this is, this is the end of the world as mm-hmm. I know it. So I called up a friend of mine and was boohooing to her on the phone. It's like, <laughs> oh God, he wants more money. Blah, blah. And she goes, get on your knees and thank Jesus for the gift. And I was like, wait, she obviously did not hear me correctly. <laughs> so I told her again, and she's like, woman, get down on your knees and thank Jesus for the gift. And I did that, even though I still, it was long after that before I believed, actually believed in my heart, but she believed. Wow. You know, and by her prayers, it was amazing. I got custody of my kids back. Um, it turned out their dad owed me all this, all the time. Wow. It was like five years worth of back child support, which I said, you know, I, no, I, mm. <laughs> I just want to be done. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, even then, and I look back on my life and I can see how God has stepped in. In hindsight, I know it was God. At the time, I just thought I was really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible what he does. And and how he, I love how he speaks to me. My, I used to tell that to my mom. She was a fairly new Christian before she passed away. Um, and she'd say, I hear you say all the time that God speaks to you. Well, how do you hear him? Well, I hear him with my heart. You know, I hear him with my heart. She says, well, I wish he'd just send me an email. <laughs> so, <laughs> it would make it a lot easier, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he does. He speaks to my my heart when when the desires of my heart are pure and good intentioned, mm. that's when I hear him the clearest. Um I I quit smoking about probably 92 times before I actually quit. Mm-hmm. And God spoke to me one day. I mean, he, he speaks whole conversations to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he says like, "Okay, I know you. I know you've got one cigarette left in your pack. 
So I'm going to let you go ahead and smoke that cigarette. <laughs> but when you're done, I, I used to have smoke outside and I had a, a coffee can with sand in it that I used for my butts. And if I ran out of cigarettes, I could always find a great butt to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's like, and when you're done with that cigarette, I want you to take all those cigarette butts that you've been saving up, put them in a, a grocery bag, and then put the whole grocery bag underwater. Because mm. he didn't, he knew I'd he be knew. tempted. Yeah, he knew me so well. And so, right when I put out the cigarette, my last cigarette, my phone rang. Well, at the time, I was uh, doing home loan mortgages, and if that. The phone ringing was money, you know, so I jumped up. I was going to go answer the phone before I soaked the cigarette butts. And God went, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> you're forgetting something. And I did. I went back and I drowned those cigarette butts and he just removed that temptation from me. It was mm. gone. I, I haven't smoked a cigarette since then. Mm. And that was 2004. Yeah. That's beautiful, Brenda. Mm-hmm. There's a great verse. I I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Uh, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. When you're tempted, not if, but when, when you're tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, because we're all tempted all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we live, we live in a fallen world. There's so many temptations. So keeping your eyes on Jesus is not always easy, but it's a discipline worth developing. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have developed it very well, Brenda. <laughs> you, I could sit here and just listen to you all day long. And I, thank you. Thank I you could for probably me. talk all day long. <laughs> I love that about you. I'm a talker too, so it's great. I always think that's why God healed me from the hepatitis C, because he knows I like to talk, and I really like to talk about him. And in fact, when I was healed, I was out chopping some shrubbery, just doing some tree trimming and stuff. And um, some Mormon boys came up and they said, hey, can we help you with that? And I said, oh, thank you for offering, but I'm going to tell you what, this is bringing me such joy, and let me tell you why. (laughs) (laughs) I gave him my whole testimony. You did. Yeah. That's awesome. And they had to listen. Yeah. They had, they had to listen, but they were sure glad when I finished. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you planted some major seeds. I am sure. (laughs) Uh, To be sure. Well, Brenda, you, you have planted some great seeds in, in our minds and hearts for telling your story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You, what a blessing you are. Mm-hmm. And, and to God be the glory for what he has done in mm-hmm. your life. And as a, a witness and a testimony to us of his faithfulness mm-hmm. and of his ability to take the most uh, seemingly impossible situations mm-hmm. and yep. redeeming them and, and sustaining you now, even not knowing what tomorrow holds, that mm-hmm. your faith in him is stronger than ever. And yep. thank you for the hope that you've shared with us today. Mm-hmm. Thank you. What a story. I told you guys. So moving to hear perspective from somebody who is faced with unknowns and that each day is is just that. It's today. And I love Brenda's posture in life that she is just wanting to do whatever God has for her today. I'm just so inspired by her and my prayers are or with her and her family. I hope that you'll join me as well in praying for her and her family and, and the journey that she's on. And 
Oh, thank you, Jesus, for her ability to use her story and what God has done in her life to share hope with the rest of us. Listeners, may you be inspired as well. And if you haven't met Jesus yet, oh, he's going to be your best friend. Find somebody to get connected with that can share more about how to follow him and get connected in with your local church and and dig into your relationship with Jesus. Lean into him. God bless you, my friends. I hope you have a fabulous week. We'll be back here with another fresh episode in two weeks. We'll see you soon.